Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... To say that I'm going to be at the Olympic Games, I can now call myself an Olympian. It's very hot there. I'm not sure, but I think it's hot. I really need to do my homework on this. Start learning Japanese or something. Um. Just get on the right plane, Jess. (laughs) Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show, episode 80 of the Running With Jake podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. If you've been listening since episode one, you will know that we take a great deal of pride in our little show each week. We release full-length episodes every Wednesday. There's myself and Pete, the non-running guy producer of the show. Uh, And while we are very organised and we love a little show, we have a bit of an issue today. I'm flying solo. It is just me. I am on my lonesome. Now, we're very organised. We have it in the diary every week to give you a little bit of background, to let you in the secret podcast door. We usually record the beginning part of the show on a Tuesday. Every week it happens. Sometimes the time can vary. Today I have it in my diary, 4pm. It is now two minutes past four. I'm here. There's no Pete. I've had seven missed calls from him. I want to know what's going on. I'm going to get him on the phone now. <coughs> Pete, where are you? I'm out on a run. I've done a miscalculation. What do you mean you've done uh, a miscalculation? You know, yeah, yeah, we're recording that Olympic girl at half past. Yeah, Jess Turner, you've got 25 minutes. We're recording at, at, at half four. You know how when I go out, I don't take a watch or look at time and stuff? Right. And that's the beauty of my runs. Well, this time I think it's bit me in the arse because I'm quite away from home and I'm aware that I've got about half an hour to get back. 25, 25 minutes, you say, to get back. Well, 20, 24, 23 now. Well, 24, what? This, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. What do you mean I'm it's just, not going to happen? You're the producer, I'd like Pete. to be on the calls. I'd like to be in on the calls. I'd like to meet uh, this uh, Joss. Jess. It's Jess. Person. But um, <laughs> God. I need to get home. Where are you? I don't know, I can look at Google Maps, I suppose, but uh, near, somewhere near uh, Burnston area. I mean, how far away are you from home, do you think? Can you, can you get so back? Longer, can... than, longer than 23 minutes. I'm, I'm genuinely sorry, mate. I'm really sorry. I just lost track of time, but it's you. in fairness, it's you who got me into this. Can't you, can't so, you just pick up the pace a bit? Not an option, Matt. Not an option. Uh, if you had my body, you'd understand that there's no picking up the pace. You don't understand that the pace is the pace. Right, look, I'll... And that, I'll, and I'll the pace, unfortunately, dictates that I'm further than 20, 22 minutes away. I'll speak with Jess. You just get back, man, and I'll... Who's Jess? The, 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 the hurdler, the, the, the soon-to-be oh, Olympian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jess, yeah. Today's guest. I'm sorry, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, trying to pick up the pace. I'll, I'll speak to you later, OK? I'll speak to you later. Hey, say hi to Bess for me. I, I, I'll... It's Jess. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. So there we have it. It looks like it's just me today. But fortunately, we do have a fantastic guest on today's show. It is not Joss. It is not Bess. It is indeed Jess Turner, British 400 metre hurdler, soon to be Olympian. Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> are you are your feet back on the ground yet or what? You are so buzzing at the moment, I can tell. We've only exchanged a few messages. I've seen you all on Instagram. Like, every photo of you and video is just, like, beaming ear to ear. I mean, this is... Does it feel real? 
like the last five days have been such a whirlwind like I'm still like on cloud I'm not on cloud nine I'm on cloud 109 <laughs> like it's it's just insane it. and like I feel like I've not properly slept because um after like in between the rounds and trials it was like oh like really nervous like all this built-up anxiety and like just stress trying to run and then after trials I was ecstatic and I was like oh my god I've done it then too excited to sleep and then the next day I've got kitten out so I woke up at like half five this morning too excited just waiting for the time to come but the whole this whole experience so surreal you talk about surreal this is brilliant so we uh, we obviously tried to arrange a, a, a chat with yourself come on the show wanted to do it as soon as because obviously all that emotion that amazing kind of feeling of you know you being on cloud ten thousand, and i messaged <laughs> you saying oh are, are you free how does the morning sound uh, and the message back i got was oh I, I can't do the morning i'm picking up my olympic kit <laughs> how awesome is that how often can you say that <laughs> i know i know it's just like it like people keep messaging me it's like oh um did you know you're gonna be an olympian i'm just like ah like is this real like yeah it's just um unbelievably amazing to say that i'm going to be at the olympic games i can now call myself an olympian like it's just like a dream come true for me since i was like eight years old so for it to actually be real it's i just want to savor this moment like it's just been awesome and like today with collecting my kit like putting the first t-shirt on looking in the mirror and it's like so it's got the olympic rings on i'm like <laughs> wow <laughs> wearing those those rings as i can see on your zipped hoodie obviously we're speaking on zoom now and you've got the t-shirt on there the teams you'd be looking the part already <laughs> i mean they they're so symbolic aren't they that those, those rings those five rings and for you to be part of this in tokyo i mean you must I imagine be going through a mix of emotions. How did you feel leading up to the trials? Were you nervous? Were you excited? Take me through it. Emotions was just up and down. So I knew before trials that I got the qualifying time. So I ran the qualifying time three times before the actual trials. Um, so I knew I was in good shape. I knew I was going to potentially get the auto qualifying. So the auto qualifying was to come top two at trials. So that was always the goal. And if I did that, that would mean automatic selection. That's your uh, ticket booked on the plane to Tokyo. So, <laughs> but it's really funny. Like, even though I had the qualifying time way in advance before trials, like, even a couple of weeks before trials even happened, I was so nervous. Every time I thought about it, I was like, oh, God, this is, like, such an important race. And if I mess it up, that's it. I'll not be going. The pressure and the stress of just thinking about it was was really really high the week before wasn't the smoothest of of things that happened so um i had a slight um niggle injury um on my foot from my achilles and i was like oh my god like i'm not going to be able to run so so me and my coach and all the physios were trying to fix fix it so that i could run because i had two rounds of heat and a final uh, friday saturday so it was a mad rush trying to get this this settled down and so that was like another added stress as well as like the event the pressure that the fact that it was trials and all that stuff so really it was very very stressful but luckily it settled down enough for me to actually do go out in the heat and run comfortably pain free so I was like oh like so that's good so I did the heat won the heat put my place in the final the next day when I warmed up before the final it started to hurt again I was like oh no no like so this was 
even more stress <laughs> that I had to deal with. The team surrounding me were so great. They just said, look, you've just got to forget it. As soon as you get on the track, you'll, you'll just forget pain and you'll be so focused and you'll just run your race and, um, yeah, we'll see. So that's exactly what I did. I was just like, right, I can't think about this pain in my foot right now. I've just got to run and I've, I need to win it to secure my place. I knew I was in good shape um, despite this little injury. I just had to, I just had to do it. So like, I don't know if anyone saw the actual race, but they video all the girls in the lanes, like introductions. Everyone was smiling and waving. I was, no, I was like, I was so nervous. I didn't even smile to the camera because I was just like, oh God, oh God. But I managed to do it, um, ran a really, really good race. And um, yeah, I won it. And the first feeling I had was just pure relief, like, the fact that I've done it, like, I just couldn't believe that I, that I managed all the way around in one piece. And I've got that auto-qualifying. I've won the trials. I'm going to the Olympics. It was the best feeling ever. And my parents were there as well. So that made it 10 times better. Straight after, like, the presentation, you go off to admin to, to fill out all your Tokyo forms. And it's just like, that's when it sort of hits you. Oh, my God, like, have I... Like I'm, I'm going to the Olympics. Like, I'm filling out these forms to confirm. Like, yes, I will be going to the Olympics, and um, that's sort of when it hits you. But I think today, with the whole kit and out, and actually seeing the kit, wearing the kit, that massively brought it home for me. It um, feels real. It yeah, it feels real. It's not just winning a race, is it? As you say, you then go off into the admin and you're filling in forms yeah. to say, yes, I'm go I'll see you in Tokyo, my friend. You know, it's just, it's incredible, really. And the fact that you had to deal with the Achilles stuff, mm. which fortunately it sounds like you didn't have to deal with it physically, but mentally you did, mm. kind of in the, in the trial and in, in the heat and then, and then into the final. Was it in your mind when you were stood on that starting line in, the, in that heat? Did, did you, were you able to kind of switch off from the Achilles or was it just kind of there kind of niggling at you in your mind? I've been racing since I was, since I can remember. So, and I know from experience when I've uh, gone on to start lines and I've had little injuries is to not fixate on them all the time. So if you're fixated on a little injury or something that's bugging you, even if it's not an injury, if it's something behind closed doors or anything that's bugging you and it's sort of deterring your focus from your race, you're not going to run well at all. So, and that's happened to me in the past. So I'm quite good at getting on the start line and just completely blocking everything out. All I think about is my hurdles, my lane, my stride pattern, my race plan and sprint into that line on the finish line. I really love that, Jess. And, and, and I particularly love when you said or whatever else is going on behind closed doors. Mm. Because there are things that we have to deal with in life. Some things can be physical as, as, as runners and athletes when we're out there training and wanting to do well in a race, whether that's on, on the level you're at, at the world, on the world stage, or whether that's on a recreational level. You know, people have goals that are important to them. And they might have little physical stuff, Achilles, bits and bobs, runner's knee, whatever it might be. But there's also other stuff that may be weighing them down a bit. And it's about mm. saying, right, this is what I've been training for. This matters right now. I'm stood on the starting line and I need to park that. I need to, I need to put it in a little box put it in the back of my mind and I'll address it if I need to address it later down the line but right now I've got this goal you know to target this finish line I love that I think that's yeah. really 
it's not necessarily so easy to apply, but as you say, it's something that you've learnt over time through your many years yeah. of experience. I think that's amazing. You mentioned about, you said twice now about being in good shape. I knew I was in good shape, and I love that because real confidence, isn't it? And we need that. How do you know when you're in good shape, Jess? Do you, is it just a feeling? Is it, does it, is it the times and the, the races that you do? Are they key sessions that you smash where you go, right, now I'm feeling good? How do you measure it? Yeah, so basically everything that you've just said. You'll know um, during winter, so all through winter we train like absolute madmen. Um, like the most painful experience any athlete has to go through is winter training. We'll know if we're, you know, doing well in sessions. So it's running to our target times that our coaches set us from last year. So if we can beat last year's uh, training times this year, then you know that you're you know you're on the ladder of getting better and stuff um and it's also being very smart in your training so not to overtrain if you get any niggles or injuries address them straight away do loads of rehab prehab even if you're not injured you do you do rehab and prehab um a lot of lot of gym stuff keeping getting strong so you don't get injured um so that's when you know that going into um, a race season that's when you know like oh, I've actually had a decent winter training like I know I'm a lot stronger I, I've sort of like contradicted myself because I, I say that so I have a really good I had a really good winter's training and then my first few races this year were rubbish like they were so slow and then oh wow yeah so I was just like oh no like like what what's going on but I knew in myself and everyone else knew that it that it takes it takes me a few races to properly get going that's why i think athletes if if they sort of like decide to like straight away on their first race that oh no my race was really bad I, i'm not in good shape well that's not true because you've only just done one race like it it genuinely takes me about four races to get anywhere near the times that i want to be running so um so after three or four races, um, I went abroad and did a did some races, and then it just clicked and ran really well. Ran ran the Olympic qualifying. I was just like, right, I know I'm in good shape, and there's still improvements to be made. Do you feel that confidence inside? Is it is it always there for you? Is it easy for you to feel confident? and I guess logical about your training so for example you said well through through had a really good winter but then actually my first few races didn't go so well did that get you down or were you able to to say well no I know I'm in good shape here and and that's fine because I'm often a bit of a a slow starter as it were in the season or was it other people was it your coach and and people around you that that provided you with that support and that kind of I suppose way of thinking do you find it easy to be confident it's definitely other people that bring my confidence up um for me i i think i'm that kind of person that needs telling to that no you are you are a good athlete it it'll take you a couple of races to find your rhythm um but you'll get it you'll get it and then sometimes like in the previous years when it has taken me more than three or four races to get anywhere near where i want to be i go to my coach and i'm like like nick like what's going on i I don't understand like you know my training's been going so well but I'm not racing and he was like don't worry like don't panic you'll be absolutely fine you know it's the support from my coach it's my training partners like especially my training partners because they go through the exact same thing that I as I do the same training the same pressures competition we race against each other 
um, we help each other out. So, you know, it's important to support each other. You know, I think if I was on my own, if I had no support, I would really struggle. It's definitely a team thing. I love that. I think that's, you know, really honest as well. And people listening to the show, I'm sure, will appreciate hearing you say that, Jess. And, and, you know, you talk about team effort and having those people around you. We we rise by lifting others and we all need people don't we we all have our own little demons and self-doubt whatever it is we're trying to achieve and we just need some support and help to overcome those i think it's definitely important so where did it all start for you then i mean you mentioned you know you've been racing and competing and training since you were as far back as you can remember was it eight that you started i think it was eight yeah around eight did you mention so how how did you get into that is it through family was it just through school what was your kind of pathway into into where you are now so my older sister she um started athletics when she was around that age around uh 10 11 12 um and me being the younger sister i wanted to do i wanted to copy everything my older sister did wanted to follow of her, course <laughs> wanted to follow in her <laughs> footsteps just do exactly the same as she did so um so it was like school cross countries um school sports all athletic sports days and um our local athletics club so amber valley and arrowash athletics club picked alex up uh, my sister and um recognized she had great talent as a runner and um i i was like oh i want to join but i wasn't old enough then so i had to wait until i was old enough to join and then we both sort of sort of flourished in that club um we did we did all the events um she was a very talented long distance runner uh cross country 800 meters obviously i did cross country 800 meters um so we we both uh, did really really well in that club and then I sort of uh, started doing more events uh, so I started doing some sprinting some hurdling tried out heptathlon can't throw so that was a no-go <laughs> um, that's a bit of a negative isn't it yeah <laughs> I mean I was so skinny when I was young and I just had no arm muscles so trying to throw a shot put and javelin it's just I was like throwing shot put four meters and everyone was like what is that like I could I just could yeah. so that was a no go you're like can't, can't I just jump over stuff instead I mean yeah. what is this throwing stuff around it's not for me it's not for me exactly but the thing is like I gave it a go um I didn't know that I was gonna be a four hurdler if I have if I hadn't have done 800 meters if I hadn't done sprint hurdles I learned how to hurdle um in the club when I was younger so then my coach back at the time suggested oh what why don't you do 400 hurdles? I was like, okay, sounds that sounds good. You know, first race, brilliant. Like, got the um, qualifying time for English schools and stuff. So that was like, right, I think we found your event. <laughs> so then wow. I made my way up through the, the age groups. I tried to stick with cross country, but when you go up an age group, when you get older, the distances goes from 3K to 5K to 6K to, to 10K. And I was like, that's far too, that's, just too far for me <laughs> I was definitely more of a um, speed based runner so 400 meters is literally my limit and over hurdles as well and then I got my first GB call up when I was I think I was 17 for European juniors so that was yeah my first time representing GB it was awesome 
yeah like and that's where this is where i am now <laughs> in the team gb top re- ready to represent in tokyo incredible and was there a defining moment or a race where you realized or people around you realized and maybe coaches and, and mentioned to you that you are world class that you are at the level where you know the olympics could not just be a dream but a reality for you what was there a moment or was it just kind of this almost linear progression you know you go through the ranks you you find your discipline you you build up that way was it natural progression or was it like okay this is serious now i think in some degree it was natural progression because even when i was really young watching the olympics on tv and just sort of being in awe of them just be like wow i'd love to do that like like so for me I wasn't very good in school um academically like I found everything really hard but massively excelled in PE so I always thought that I'd I'd need a career in sport because that's what I'm good at that's the only thing I was good at so obviously I I stick to the club um Amber Valley like trained really really hard because for me to get a career in sport I had to work train work really hard so it was a natural progression but I think uh, in 2017, I competed at the European Under-23s in Poland and that was my first international medal, so I won silver. And after that race, I then got the call-up to go to World Champs in London for the seniors. So that was like, wow, I'm going to be competing against the best athletes in the world not just under 23 age and I think that was the moment where I was like wow this could actually really happen for me in the senior ranks um I had a little taste of what it what it's like on the world stage at London and oh my god the London stadium is incredible with um (laughs) with the full full spectators crowds the atmosphere was insane like the the noise that that's probably one of the best moments in my career is on that start line and when they announced my name like gb jessica turner the crowd just erupted because i was the only gb girl in that race and i was like oh my god like people know who i am like they're, they're cheering for me like it was just so weird and i can see when you're telling me that reminiscing you're back there in your mind aren't you you're back <laughs> in that london stadium with the crowds it gives me goosebumps honestly i love this sort of oh, stuff just yeah. other people doing well and passion and enthusiasm and when that's wrapped in performance and training and running and fitness i just think it's such a beautiful thing you've mentioned the club amber valley and erawasha and i know the area very well being local and from derbyshire myself how much of a role has that club played in your uh, your training and your ability to run and, and how much do you owe them? They've always got a special place in my heart. I mean, I've been with them since I can remember. It was just the best time when I was younger, obviously training with my sister. My dad was a coach and then became a chairman and it was just, it was just a little family, like a second family and we went to the club every single night to come home from school. It's like, right, let's go to the club and like do a session, chill out with all your friends and everything. They taught me the key fundamentals of how to run, how to hurdle. All the coaches, I mean, they're all volunteers. None of them get paid to be there. So, you know, that makes it even more special that they are there to help you be where you want to be. And quite a lot of them are still there today. So, yeah, absolutely grateful for their support for all these years. And finally, I can see them and say, thanks guys you've helped me you know <laughs> get here today um, check this hoodie out yeah check the rings out <laughs> check the rings on that hoodie <laughs> yeah that's but, amazing and, um, and and how how important do you think it is to enjoy your 
running and your event and your training and your athletics in terms of performance so you mentioned it quite a few times you know yeah it was tough you know winter training and with the club and and everything else you know it was really hard but actually you were really up for it and you actually overall you enjoyed it do you think that's really important to get the best out of yourself that there isn't a degree of enjoyment there to be a full-time athlete you you've got to take a lot of sacrifices so i've sacrificed a hell of a lot to do what i'm doing and i can't do it and not enjoy it yes like the training sessions in the winter are horrendous they make you <laughs> they make you want to throw up every time even when you even when you read on your training plan you just think oh god like this is what i've got to. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit sick just got a little bit sick there and i'm not i'm not even put my shoes on yet yeah, i'm not even like, got my spikes on <laughs> so coach i think i'm uh, i think i'm sick for this for this right for this one and yeah. he's like no get on the track so <laughs> but i do it it's afterwards when you know you've done and you've ran well it's like oh yes like it's a little achievement that you've just done. If people don't enjoy what, you know, training and things like that, it is so hard to properly commit to it and to train 100% for it. It is important to to sort of love the sport you do because you sacrifice a lot. I've not been able to get a properly full-time career job out of it. Um, and it's only been the last two years that I've been officially a funded professional athlete i've sort of like delayed my earnings and getting enough money to like get a house or anything like that but with that my parents have been so supportive and the fact that look whatever you want to do we will help you out so that's why them being at trials the other day was so special because they were on the finish line when i uh, crossed the line was you know was all over the place like oh my god what's happened I saw them I just ran straight to them I was just like oh this is yeah it it was such a special moment and they were crying I was crying so it was (laughs) insane I mean that's a moment you'll never ever forget will you Jess and it's moments like that that really make everything worth it and that commitment you talk about the sacrifice and you know Mm. delaying careers and things like that and house buying you've really got to be invested in it and it's one of the reasons I wanted to ask you that question you know I find it really interesting with people like yourself athletes like yourself at your level you know how, how much do you love what you do and how important do you think that is because you do hear of some athletes that either fall out of love a little bit with the sport which can happen of course mm. and then you hear often when people have retired athletes have retired they you hear of some of them that say oh i never really enjoyed training you know it's the tra- oh, training mm. and you think wow that's i mean that's hardcore to to be yeah. putting in the work that you need and you're not really loving it because as you say to really love things and extracting that performance one you're not going to give it 100 percent is what you said but one percent here one percent there that's going to make a massive difference isn't it mm. to the result really with those kind of margins yeah it's just definitely. crazy moving forward then jess you're obviously on cloud are you still on cloud where are we now cloud we're pretty up there we're pretty high up there aren't pretty we high. i'd say 109 10 yeah we'll take <laughs> that do. we'll take that <laughs> This is a very positive show. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. So we, we like high clouds. That's fine. We'll go with that. So we have the Olympics, which you, Jessica Turner, are being part of. You will be part of that. 23rd of July to the 8th of August, I understand. What happens now with your training? Where are you? I mean, you're obviously elated. What do you do to prepare now? Is it just avoid everybody and everything avoid all black cats don't walk under a ladder you know just keep me injury free what are you what are you doing training wise literally that is what i'm gonna do especially with covid (laughs) i'm gonna self-isolate myself for 14 days before i fly out i just can't risk i just can't risk anything but um no so my coach said right 
you allowed a few days off after trials? I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so I was just like, right, thank you. Because um, uh, like so much media and um, kitting out and all that kind of stuff. Then we'll get back uh, to training and sort of discuss like, right, shall we continue racing? Because there's potentially a Diamond League and Gateshead that I can do. Um, so to get a race in before going to the Games. If not, then we'll just go straight back into training. So um, what we'll do now, uh, from now between actually racing at the Games, would just be a lot of speedy stuff, um, get back in the gym, just get some hurdling done. And the fact that um, there's still things in my um, 400 hurdles race that needs polishing up so that's like the perfect time to get that polished up so when we go uh, we'll go to the holding camp and I think it's in Yokohama um, and I think we'll spend like a week there so that'll just be to acclimatise because I think it's very hot there <laughs> I'm not sure but I think it's hot sort of like get used to the time difference I don't know what time difference so I really need to do my homework on this um, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry when you're off this cloud when, when you're back, your feet's back of the ground you can do all that research don't you worry about it for now just just you stay on that cloud it's fine it's fine I know I, need, I really need to do some research start learning Japanese or something um, <laughs> just get on the right plane Jess that's we just everybody listening to this show is thinking god I just hope she gets on the right plane <laughs> I know you put a lot of stuff out on Instagram, so if people want to keep up with you and your training and what you're up to for Tokyo, then it's Jessica Turner 95 We will link that in the show notes page, which is runningproject.com forward slash podcast. Jess, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. You will, of course, come back on the show, I assume, once you have had this amazing experience <laughs> in Tokyo. Will you come back and tell us about it? 100% I will, yes. Love it. I'm up for that, I'm up for that. Now, before we let you go, I have one more question for you. Okay. Do you know, do you know about this question? No. Do you not, has nobody prepped you? Did you not get the memo? <sighs> this is a big question. You think oh, there's God. pressure qualifying for, for, for Tokyo? <laughs> no. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. So we ask all of our guests this question. What does the word motivation mean to you? Oh, wow. Put me on the spot. <laughs> the clock is ticking. <laughs> Motivation. Uh, if you want something so bad, you gotta you 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 gotta work for it. And for me, that was the Olympics. So every rubbish phase I had, or race, or injury, or anything like that, all I kept thinking about was no. This is not the end for me. That was my motivation. You've answered it beautifully, Jess. I love it. It <laughs> is about having that drive and ambition, and you've got bags of that stuff. So wishing you all the luck in the world. Go rest. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. And we'll catch up soon. Thank you. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. So not only did Pete not make it back in time for the call with Jess Turner, but he's still not back. And that means only one thing. It means I have to step out of my comfort zone and do the whole Patreon Pete bit. You know the part of the show where he does his begging thing? Regular listeners to the show will know. So I'm going to do this very quickly.
please, short and sweet. Please forgive me, this is not my thing at all. But if you would like to show your support for our show, which does actually cost us money to produce this show, in fact, if you do help support the show, I will be using said funds to find and pay for a new producer of the show, which I think we can all agree we actually need. If you do want to help, you can go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and just click the little Patreon link at the top of the page there, and you will make us very happy indeed. Right, back into the comfort zone. It's now time to talk running. We're going to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag AskJake. Today's question comes from Juliet, who would like to know what heel drop means in relation to running shoes. She's seen this term banded around a lot and she'd like some clarity on what it means. In simple terms, Julia, it really means the difference in height between the front of the shoe, the toe box or the forefoot, and the back of the shoe, the heel. And different heights or or drops, if you like, heel drops, suit different runners and different styles of runners, typically. Now, this is purely a guide. It's important to, to make that clear. But generally speaking, uh, the common opinion seems to be that uh, six millimetres and above as a heel drop, so you may have seen that expressed as six mil drop on various uh, websites, uh, running shoe websites, six mil and above is recommended for runners who typically strike the heel uh, first on the ground. Again, that is purely a guide. For less than six mil as a drop, it typically is suited more towards runners who are perhaps a little bit more experienced, who run regularly, or if they strike the ground with their midfoot or their forefoot first. So there's a lot of things to think about there, but in essence, it's the difference between the front of the shoe and the back of the shoe. I hope that helps. If you've got a question, then it's hashtag AskJake. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Running With Jake podcast. An interesting show because we didn't have Pete the producer. Hopefully Pete will be back next week for the, wait for it, the international episode. All being well, I will be in Italy next week visiting my girlfriend's parents. She will actually be with me. It's not just me visiting her parents. But anyway, that's going to happen next week. Have a great week of running, whatever you're up to. Stay safe. And we will be back for more running motivation. Oh, and one more thing. True friends are like sunshine. They keep us warm and help us grow. Unless they're running late for a podcast. Listener.